Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, you health renaissance people, because this is the renaissance coming up. Okay, today we're talking about the future of healthcare. But what does that actually mean? Because if you're looking at healthcare today, let's just look at the, the health of the population, okay? So the current system is um, uh, that has cultural authority is the medical-based symptom or system where, where the medical doctor, you go for your physical, um, they check your vital signs, check blood tests, and based on that, then they prescribe the appropriate medication because their philosophy is that your body is going to break down. And, of course, they also have, um, you can be diagnosed pre-diabetic or pre-hypertensive or um, stage zero cancer. So all of these are diseases that haven't occurred yet, but they're still going to diagnose you with it and have appropriate therapies. So this is the current system. Now, you might think with all of these interventions that our population is the healthiest population the planet's ever seen. Well, currently, no. 60% of all Americans, uh, adult Americans, have a chronic illness or disease that they'll never recover from. 54% of our children have a chronic illness or disease that they'll never recover from. 40% of our American population has more than one chronic illness or disease. Then it gets even worse. When you look at the causes, according to the Center for Disease Control, uh, the causes of the most leading um, of these chronic diseases, such as heart attack or heart disease, cardiovascular disease, it's lifestyle factors. If you look at the causes of type 2 diabetes, lifestyle factors are unknown. Causes of hardening the arteries, lifestyle factors. So when you look at all of the chronic illnesses or disease, and we've done this on a number of different talks, the causes are either lifestyle factors or they're unknown. And even in unknown, they give you certain conditions. So what do we have now? Well, now we have an autistic epidemic. Currently, it's around 1 in 28 to 1 in 36 kids. It depends on what study you're looking at. But everybody seems to agree that by 2030, it'll be 1 in 2 children. Now, this means 96% of these kids can't work. So, you know, it's going to wipe out our economy. It's about uh, $2 trillion a year, which is what it's going to cost. We also have a dementia epidemic. This means that uh, 100%, they now have a one-in-one statistic that uh, everybody is going to develop some type of brain damage. And this is a challenge because just like dementia isn't a a normal part of aging, autism isn't a normal part of childhood. So we have a chronic illness epidemic affecting more than 60% of our population in the adult and more than 50% of our kid population. Uh, Now, if you're going on and you don't agree with this, um, medical procedures... Uh, there is, which have no informed consent anymore, there are forced medical procedures. Now, let's say that you want to get information, that you're looking around, you see your neighbors are sicker than anything, your kids are sick, and you keep going to the doctor, and there's no, um, there's no results. There's no, um, you know, they're, they're giving you answers. Like when you say, where did this high blood pressure come from? Doc, why do I feel so shitty? Doc, where is my, my inflammatory bowel disease coming and you get answers 
that in common sense you don't accept. You know, oh, it's hereditary. It runs in your family. Um, bad luck or bad genes. We, you know, no. Why is this generation the sickest? So knowing that the pharmaceutical industry has four times the amount of lobbyists of any other lobby group, I mean combined, okay, they're literally um, controlling the government. Because if you control the purse strings, you control what laws are passed and how the body is done or how the laws are passed. So there's a censorship of non-pharmaceutical approaches. And beyond that, there's forced medical procedures. So, so we have a population that's sick. Uh, there's no informed consent, forced medical procedures, censor of non-pharmaceutical approaches, and a chronic illness epidemic. So that's today. What are we doing about it? Well, we're opening up other clinics. So this is um, what I'm doing and to show you my glimpse for the future. See, we have a clinic in Huntington Beach that has about a 10-month-long waiting list. And we do corrective care. All that does, that means we do nerve scans, everything else, to find your autonomic function. Now, we have six doctors. Okay, we do full orthopedic, chiropractic exam, nerve scan, digital x-rays. And we do corrective care, where we literally, if you're in a stress state, we can find the problem and fix it and get you out of that stress state if there's a structural component, okay, a structural and neurologic component. If there's something else, then we have to refer you out. Uh, let's say there's toxicities or you've gone through chemotherapy or multiple pro-surgeries. Then we have to refer you out to get those things done. Hence, a few months ago, I opened up a clinic in Tijuana, and I'm working at the Huntington Beach Clinic from Monday through Wednesday and Thursday, Friday, Saturday in the, the Tijuana Clinic. Now, down there, we do everything we do at the Huntington Beach Clinic. Uh, that means the corrective chiropractic, digital x-rays, everything. But also, we have a Huggins Protocol dentist. We have four dentists down there. So if we see cavitations, root canals, infections, um, then we know to take care of it. We also do full-body thermography. So if we see that you have root canals, extractions, you know, some amalgam fillings, I can tell you with the thermography if it needs to be prioritized or if it can, you can wait a while. We also do stem cells, and we're going to talk about stem cells today. Um, live blood cell analysis. We have a surgery center down there. We have intravenous detoxing and intravenous nutrients. I mean, this is really the most advanced clinic I could imagine. I'm going to bring up this one, Gail. Okay, just, uh, just because this is such a disconnect that, that the type of um, medical procedures that are done just don't make any sense. A 55-year-old gal... So we're talking physical, chemical, emotional stress, dental cavitations, amalgam fillings, chronic stressors. And when you see her x-rays, she has a reverse curve in the neck, head thrown forward. So what kind of diagnosis is she going to get? Okay, we, She's already in a sympathetic dominant or stress state. 
Um, high blood pressure, pre-high blood pressure, type 2 diabetes, anxiety, fatigue, sleep problems, low thyroid, adrenals, inflammatory bowel, fibromyalgia. You can give her all of these diagnoses. And in the current medical system, she would be giving medic medications or chemicals to make her comfortable, nothing to correct the problem. That's what we have to do. We've got to actually correct the problem. And so I'm going to bring up um, pictures from both clinics to show how we deal with this patient, not just drugging them, but actually fixing her. So aside from assessing and correcting the physical structure, we do stem cells. Now think of what a stem cell is. And this is one of the things that I've got a challenge with. Because when you talk about, um, say you have a damaged joint, this is the easiest one to think about. You inject stem cells in there, and they're supposed to regenerate the joint. How come they only work about 30% of the time? Okay, if, if they're magic. Well, let's look at the different types of stem cells. Now, I'm going to do a whole talk on stem cells so that, that you know what they are. The big ones, okay, that are in the news are embryonic stem cells. So this is taken from um, umbilical cords or aborted fetuses. Now, these are patentable cells that are, can be immortal cell lines, and these we don't use. Okay, why? Because they're not as good as the other ones. They get a lot of advertisement, and you can get uh, commissions for selling them. So sheep and rabbit stem cells have been used for joint regeneration for 50 years. Um, donor cells, this means clean sets of cells that, um, the, that uh, you can be used from healthy donors. Then we can get it from your own body from fat cells. Okay, And this is good for, again, joint regeneration, things like that. Bone marrow cells. Now, these are mesenchymal cells. These are very, very high in growth factors. Now, this is something that you'd use for joint regeneration, but also to help brain function. And I'm talking Parkinson's, multiple sclerosis, all of this. And so what happens? Why are they only around 30% effective? Well, because you don't fix the problem that caused it. That's the difference. That's the biggest difference that we got, and that's why I was really excited to open the clinic in Mexico, because no one has ever um, joined corrective chiropractic. This means you restore the biomechanics. Let's just take the knee. You're not going to have a knee that has damage and degeneration um, with just a knee that's being a problem. You're going to have calf dysfunction, foot dysfunction, pelvic dysfunction, the nerve supply of the knee is going to be dysfunctional. The person's going to be in a stress state or a sympathetic dominant state. So nowhere has this ever been done where you get that person complete assessment. Okay, you detox their mouth. You, you detox their blood. You get them off of the toxic medications. You get them out of the stress state. You restore um, loss curves in the neck and the low back. You stabilize the pelvis. You get the body as healthy as possible first before you even look at the knee. Then you restore the muscle balance of the quadricep. You restore the biomechanics of the foot. You restore the, the muscle in the calf that actually has a pump in there to allow blood flow to flow to the knee. 
Then when you fix all of that, then you start to work with all the structures in the knee. You do a distractive force on that to create a negative pressure to increase blood flow. You clean up the blood by doing IV detox and IV nutrients. So now you can have healthy synovial fluid production. Then when you do all of that, you might not even need the stem cells. But then if you do all of that and you do inject it with stem cells, then you have good cell regeneration. Oh my gosh, doesn't that make sense? You know, it's, it's like when we're doing stem cells for brain function, um, when you're doing, putting stem cells in an IV, these are cells that we only know a little bit about how they work. They, they're cells that can turn in based on environmental stimulus onto just about any kind of cell they want. <clears throat> the problem is if they go to areas of increased metabolic response, such as cancer cells, they can grow that too. So before we do an IV of stem cells, our blood test in Mexico costs us over $400 to look for every type of cancer marker around. Then we have to do a diagnostic ultrasound of every solid organ to make sure those are all clear. And then we can do it. But also think about brain function. Parkinson's, dementia, epidemic proportions. So has anyone corrected the curve in the neck of the Parkinson's patient or altered proprioceptive responses or changed their sleep patterns or detoxed their body? And then when you correct all of those contributing factors, then you inject the stem cells. I mean, this is exciting. So when you're talking Alzheimer's, dementia, study after study, Parkinson's, that's when it's going up. Now, also at the clinic, um, we actually have one of the doctors there um, who's, I mean, brilliant. I love the guy. But he has students. He's a medical teacher as well at a college. And they come to the clinic so they can observe real life what we're doing there. And to see these young students, and I'm showing them arthritis reversal. I'm showing about autonomic function. Um, it's, it's really exciting. And I'm going to walk you through the clinic and show you, you know, tonight at our talk on what we're doing. And um, it's, it's interesting because for this clinic, um, we also, and this is the future of healthcare, we have the Extreme Health Academy. See, with the control of the media, and we're talking censorship of non-pharmaceutical approaches. Why? Because we're taking money away. And why? Because people are finding out that you keep drugging symptoms, people get sicker. It's that clear. I mean, I was watching the TV the other day, and they had this drug for opioid-induced constipation. Yeah, we're giving you a drug that makes you an addict. It's causing you constipation, so take this other drug, and you'll be fine. I mean, that's insanity. So we have Extreme Health Academy. And that's ExtremeHealthAcademy.com. Um, we, we've got workshops, forums, the best disease database. In fact, I moved all the content from my Dr. John Bergman site over to the Extreme Health Academy site. So you're talking over 500 videos. Um, and this is massive amounts of people that have been through what you have been through. And it's not just me talking. You're talking experts from around the world in multiple different um, uh, fields. Um, you connect with real people that have found real solutions. 
And we do have a free trial code for the Extreme Health Academy. This way you try it for a couple of weeks. Um, it's Bergman14. That's Bergman, all caps, 14. Go to Extreme Health Academy. That's your free trial code. Um, if you don't like it in two weeks, just stop it. If you do like it, it's 19 bucks a month. And I think I think there's other payment options. But you got to figure this is for um, uh, Justin, Kate, their kids. They're demonetizing all of their videos. They're demonetizing our videos. So in order to help us keep this content coming out, this is like in the trenches. This is how you support us. I mean, I used to think it was really funny that I would do a talk on the toxicity of blood pressure drugs and they'd be advertising blood pressure drugs. I'd talk about how how toxic the flu shot is or how the swine flu shot is actually poisonous or how, you know, I mean, all of this. And they'd have advertisements for vaccines or advertisements for antidepressants. Um, well, I thought that was a joke. Now they're shutting down um, the monetization so all of this work that we're putting in, all of the research, all the time is not being honored. So this is how you can really help out. Um, so let's look at this. And this is kind of cool. Um, George Santayana um, said this quote, those who do not learn history are doomed to repeat it. Now let's go back to 1954, just, just so you can get an idea. We've got the censorship going on in social media. Why? Because we're rebels. We're doing things that's against the social norm. Why? Because we're not telling you to watch the news and be frightened and shut up and take your damn flu shot. Okay, what happened in 1954? Well, um, the Boston Catholic Youth Organization, they had a patrol local radio. They were, they were looking at songs that they were censoring from obscene or sexually explicit lyrics. In fact, the Weavers in 1952 were blacklisted because they were a, um, a folk band that was um, promoting ideas that were against the popular. In 1956, Nat King Cole was assaulted during a performance by the White Citizens Council of Birmingham, Alabama, um, because they felt that these black performers were mongrelizing America, bringing out an animalism in people through the heavy beats of their music. Nat King Cole, assaulted on stage. Uh, the Broadcast Music in, um, Incorporated uh, censored objectionable music. That means their radio station refused to play rhythm and blues. Uh, they felt that the songs were objectionable. The song Louie Louie, Louie Louie Louie, FBI investigated it to see if it was obscene. In 1960, radio stations banned and burned inciting music. In fact, Elvis Presley's songs were banned. Okay, the Cardinal in, in Chicago called the, the new music hedonistic tribal rhythms and banned it. So what happened? Wolfman Jack. Okay, now this is music. I love music. I got music playing in both clinics. Okay, and the, the fact that some music lyrics and rhythms and beats were censored, let's go to 1963 when Wolfman Jack 
from an, an inter-American radio transmitter site went across the border. Now, they had border stations down there that had five times the amount of power of a U.S. station. And they could blast their signal from New York to California on a good night. On a good night, you could hit Europe. So he would go all over. And this was amazing. Because what was Wolfman Jack doing? <clears throat> all these band stations, he went across the border and blasted it. So what are we doing with our clinic in Mexico? We're getting censored up here. We're getting limited up here. We're getting forced medical procedure. We're going the rest of the world. We're going across the border. So it's an hour and a half away. That's what we're doing. That's why we're opening up the other clinics. For freedom, for medical freedom, we're doing it. And why? Let's look at the Nova Scotia chiropractor who just a few weeks ago put some posts on social media questioning vaccination and immunization practices. She's questioning it. Now, she if she was a gas station attendant or worked at a fast food store or was a chef, any other profession, it would be okay. Okay? But had being a chiropractor, uh, they find her $100,000. How dare she make a, 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 a statement against the social uh, governing authority? So I'm doing some research, okay, on social media censorship. I come across this nationalreview.com, an article by David French, and I think it is brilliant. It it boils down wh- what's going on with our our citizenship, because when my when when our channel gets wiped out, okay, if you are going to go to another channel. That's it. I'm listening to ancient history that was talking about things that that aren't really um, in common understanding, but they're questioning it. And they had a a blurb at the start of their video that they have been threatened to be thrown off because they're presenting aspects of history that are different than what are, are commonly accepted. So here, okay, I'm going to quote this article, quote, Here's the blunt truth, however. Most red Americans don't even know, don't know or don't care about social media censorship. They certainly don't care enough to delete their apps. This isn't a marketing failure. It's a market verdict. Apathy rules, and this apathy is sustained in part because social media companies have chosen their targets carefully. Wow. Apathy is sustained apathy rules and that's true because let's look at this i mean honest to goodness heart disease cancer chronic obstructive pulmonary disease strokes alzheimer's type 2 diabetes and chronic kidney diseases these are the six diseases or seven diseases that 60 percent of america's population are suffering from 40 percent have more than one and two when we look at the practices of medicine, okay, when we look at this, we're presenting that there's something different, and this is what's, what's causing the revolution. Western medicine seeks to evidence-based medicine where, where they have a cookbook recipe. <coughs> However, envi- environmental-based medicine and this is totally different, 
Um, what we're looking at in the natural health world is looking for answers. Why is a body doing this? We're looking for the why behind it, not a cookbook with recipes. This is new, the new approach. <clears throat> if you're looking at the insane logic of, just take thyroid, okay, a low-functioning thyroid, the most common cause is Hashimoto's. What's the most common cause of Hashimoto's? Unknown. So we have this circular logic of diseases are caused, but they're unknown. Dr. David Sackett, one of the most brilliant um, quotes ever, half of what you'll learn in medical school was shown to be either dead wrong or out of date in five years of your graduation. The trouble is no one can tell you which half. So the most important thing is to learn and keep on learning. Absolutely that the entire belief system is changing. The allopathic model is not working. We know this. So what do we do? What, what model can we follow behind? Why do we have two clinics? Because we practice a vitalistic base. Now, this means that the body is self-healing and self-regulating, and that disease is really an adaptive physiologic response. That, and this is what we're practicing. This is the future. And I've seen it for 20 years. I've seen people come in with chronic illness and disease diagnoses, but you fix the physical, chemical, and emotional stress, and they work better. It's the immune system that works. What do you think is going to happen in 50 years? Knowing that our children today get 72 doses of 17 different vaccines by the time they're 18, and this has radically changed since the 80s, and that's radically changed since the 40s. So we're seeing our population get less infectious disease and more chronic diseases, and they're dying early. So the future of healthcare is to look at autonomic adaptation. This means, is that body in stress? What's causing it to be stressed? Is it physical stress, chemical stress, or emotional stress? The first question out of a doctor's mouth is not what hurts, because you only have a 10% awareness of your body. What hurts at the moment is not what the real cause is. I'm telling you that right now. You've got to look at the entire body, look at the function. How is that person sleeping? How are they um, defecating? Do they have good, healthy bowel movements a day? Do they have tons of energy? Okay, then if, they, if all of those are yes, then they're able to sleep and able to regenerate. And then you look further. Let's look at the structure, knowing that 90% of the nerves that come off that spine, there's no pain fibers. So it's the, the future of healthcare is to look at the adaptive physiologic process, look at how the body is actually functioning. We can look at autonomic dysfunction as the motor of chronic critical illness. And this is a brilliant article at a 2013 um, annual update intensive in emergency medicine. See, if you look at this, chronic critical illness, the infant population, their children population, 54% have a chronic illness. Our adult population, 60% have a chronic illness. 40% of our population has more than one chronic illness. And this is saying autonomic dysfunction is the key factor. When we look at comprehensive physiology, I mean, brilliant article, again, 
further understanding of the regulatory mechanism linking sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system and the immune system is critical for understanding relations between chronic disease development and its associated changes. So that means that we're not looking at the changes. We're not looking at the symptoms. We're looking at the autonomic function, and that's the only way to start health. You've got to look at the autonomic function. When we hear these mental morons talking about herd immunity, have them look at the actual real um, A.W. Hedrick. Okay, he's the guy that coined the term. Okay, and he did it was an actual epidemiologic researcher in measles between 1900 and 1931. He published a study in 1933 at the American Journal of Epidemiology and concluded that when 68% of children younger than 15 had become immune to measles, the measles epidemic ceased. That means they caught wild measles at 68%. Now we can look back in history, way back before they passed the um, immunity law to the vaccine companies, and we saw that there was around a 60% um, coverage of vaccines. Now we have over a 90% coverage, and the media is expressing panic. So we're going to go over certain statistics, and I'm talking, because again, this is run by social media, it's not run by science, it's run by pharmaceutical reps, it's not run by science. The, if the science was running it, they would take a secondary look at the population and say, wow, whatever we're doing is not good. Okay, so we have to change it. If you look at, at how our body is working, you have choices. Vitalism versus mechanism, holism versus reductionism, humanism versus authoritarianism. We are building clinics around the world that are going to be capable of this. Um, this is just the start, but this is going to take over the world. This is Dr. John Bergman, your natural health advocate, and you will see these changes. We have solutions for the autism, dementia, and chronic illness epidemic, but it's not going to come in a bottle of pills. It's going to come from lifestyle changes and altering your body's adaptation to the environment. And that is the key. That is the future. It's an exciting future, but we are going through the dark ages. This is Dr. John Bergman. God bless you, and I love you.